Welcome to the Miracles from Israel podcast. I'm your host, Cynthia Hanna. Okay, so for today's podcast, we're looking into the origins of the name Israel. Now, the word Israel, we know it today in context to the modern Jewish state of Israel, or we know it from the term Israelites or the children of Israel. But where does this concept originate? Follow me, let's go deep into the text. Because whenever you want to understand the essence of a word, you got to find the first place in the Torah that this word or concept is mentioned to understand its deeper significance. But before we jump in, let's catch up on where we are in the biblical story. Jacob and Esau are two twin brothers, which the text describes as two nations in their mother's womb. Esau, the firstborn, is primarily concerned with hunting, prioritizing physical pleasures, the ego, the what you see is what you get mentality. And Jacob, he's more concerned with matters of the higher spiritual world, learning and striving for faith and belief in God. But Esau, since he was the firstborn, he was entitled to receive the blessings for the covenant that God had made with his grandfather, Abraham. But Esau and Jacob's mother, Rebekah, knew that Jacob was better spiritually suited to maintain the responsibility of the covenant. So she helps Jacob trick his father into giving him the blessing. Now, when Esau finds out, he wants to kill his brother. And Jacob is forced to flee, leaving behind his land, his father's house, and finds refuge, working for his uncle's house, Laban. Now there, Jacob finds success. He ends up acquiring animals, wealth. He marries Leah and Rachel. But after hiding out in his uncle's house for 20 years, God says to Jacob and orders him to go back to the land of his father, to the land that he was born, and that God would be with him. Now, this wasn't easy for Jacob because in order to do so, he must finally confront his past, his mistakes, and his brother. Now, Jacob takes his entire family, his wives, his sons, his daughter, his possessions, and starts making his way back to Canaan. Now, still wary that his brother hates him and is trying to kill him for stealing his father's blessing, Jacob does something strategically brilliant. He separates his family into two groups and sends them ahead, bearing gifts and words to appease his brother, Aesop, while he lags behind to strategically delay the encounter. Now, after his family goes off ahead, Jacob finds himself alone, getting ready to cross to the land and sets up a campsite to sleep for the night. Now, this is where the text gets very interesting, and you can follow along in Genesis 32, 25. Now, the first line says, Jacob was left alone. And the second line immediately says, and a man wrestled with him until the break of dawn. Now, the biblical commentators traditionally explain that Jacob is fighting an angel, but there's also this idea that he's really fighting himself in his own internal demons. And after this all-night fight between Jacob and this angel, the angel asks Jacob to let him go because dawn is rising. Now, what's interesting is Jacob says to the angel that before he lets him go, he wants a blessing. So the angel asks him his name, for which he replies, Jacob. But the angel says, no, your name shall no longer be Jacob, but Israel, for you have striven with beings divine and human and have prevailed. In Genesis 32, 29. Now, what this means is that Jacob has successfully fought with both the divine and the human. And as a result, the angel blesses Jacob with this new name, Israel, which means he who wrestles with God. Now, this is the idea at the core of Judaism and faith, 
that we are always struggling and striving within our own selves. The internal fight between Aesop and Jacob, between the physical world and the higher world, between good and evil, between what we want and what God wants. And ultimately, when we are able to overcome our struggles, that's where we we reach our highest selves, our highest potential, and that's where we become Israel. This is the deep essence of the word Israel. Now, what's interesting is that the name change from Jacob to Israel is confirmed by God a little bit later in the text in Genesis 35, where God said to him, you whose name is Jacob, you shall be called Jacob no more, but Israel shall be your name. Now, unlike other biblical characters whose names were changed in the Bible, such as Abraham from Avram, Sarah from Sarai, Yehoshua from Hosea, Jacob is actually called Jacob in Israel somewhat interchangeably for the rest of his life. Now, biblical commentators point out that when Jacob is referred to as Israel, the text is hinting at a spiritual destiny and purpose of the Jewish people, whereas where the name Jacob is used is used to explain aspects of the physical and temporary world. Now, after the fight, from this point in the Torah, the word Israel gains prominence in the biblical narrative. We see in Genesis 33:20 where the word Israel is used in reference to God when Jacob comes back to the land and sets up an altar where he calls it in honor of the God of Israel. We see in Genesis 42:5 where Israel is used in reference to Jacob's children. And the example we see here is thus the sons of Israel were among those who came to procure rations for the famine extended to the land of Canaan. Now, we see here that um, Jacob is, his, is being referred to as Israel because when his sons are going into the land of Egypt, it actually sets in motion what would eventually become the Jewish people's experience in Egypt, the plagues, fleeing Egypt, and that was only set in motion due to the fact that the sons of Israel had come down to Egypt to procure rations. That's an example. Now, another example is that we also see foreign nations refer to the Israelite nation. In Exodus 1.9, where Pharaoh said, Look, the Israelite people are much too numerous for us. We see the terms people of Israel, children of Israel, house of Israel, as well as God of Israel, pepper the Hebrew Bible and enjoy extensive and nearly exclusive use when referring to the descendants of Abraham. But we also see the word Israel used to describe the kingdom of Israel under King Saul and David and Solomon. And even after King Solomon's death, when the unified Jewish kingdom was divided into two, the territory um, belonging to the northern kingdom was known as the house of Israel or the kingdom of Israel, whereas the territory and kingdom in the south was known as the kingdom of Judea. Now, we also see several prophecies directly referring to the land of Israel and that a future point, God would gather the remnants of the Jewish people from all over the world and bring them back to this land. We see this in numerous sources, including Ezekiel 11, 17, where it says, Thus says the Lord, I will gather you from the peoples and assemble you out of the countries where you have been scattered, and I will give you the land of Israel. We're seeing this come true right before our own very eyes. Now, it's important to note that the root of the modern terms Jew, Jewish, and Judaism stems from Judah, Abraham's grandson and one of the 12 tribal leaders of the Israelite people. 
The tribe of Judah, which later became the kingdom of Judea, was the last kingdom before the final Jewish exile when the Romans took over and kicked out the Jewish people. The words Jew and Judaism come from the Europeanization of the name Judah across Latin, Greek, English, and other European languages. Well, that's our podcast for today on the origins of the name of Israel. We hope you enjoyed it. Please make sure to subscribe and check us out on Facebook at Miracles from Israel. Have a blessed day.